Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb, you know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio coming to you live and direct from the City of Angels as we are awaiting not one, but two Major League Baseball playoff games, AL and NLCS. ALCS getting underway in just two hours. NLCS to follow. ALCS is on FS1, of course, as the Yankees try and even the series at two apiece after a dominant win over the Houston Astros last night. I will uh, I'll tell you a little bit later on why I think I don't really believe in momentum as much in Major League Baseball in the playoffs. And I don't really believe that much in um, home field advantage in baseball. But I throw both of those out the window when it comes down to the Yankees. I'll explain why in a little bit. Uh, CC Sabathia was awesome. I mean, for it's not just because he's CC Sabathia, but at this stage in his career, coming off of you know back-to-back quality starts in the DS, and this year in which he's coming back from, uh, you know, this is his first trip back to the playoffs since rehab. 
pretty amazing stuff from CC Sabathia. Anyway, more of that to come. Tonight's also the tip-off of the NBA season. And as much as um, as much as I love uh, talking about the NFL, as much as I'm fired up because we have a huge weekend, huge weekend in college football. Um, tonight, I, I, I got to tell you that even though these games are, in fact, meaningless, like they don't mean anything. Sports don't always have to mean something to mean something. You know what I mean? So, the I mean, talk about lucking out, right? The Celtics taking on the Cavaliers. It's one thing to have the two teams that met in the Eastern Conference Finals meet again in the first game of an 82-game journey to the playoffs. It's a whole other thing to have Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas and others switching places. This is going to be awesome. Maybe more interesting is this thing where LeBron James keeps calling Kyrie a kid and Kyrie keeps talking about being an adult. Right? Like, why is he? And I've explained time and again, I understand the desire for Kyrie Irving to go do his own thing. I get that. Like, I think a lot of it comes from just that that idea, that thought, that, uh, you know, I've done things at one place, at one place of business my entire career, and we've kind of topped out, and I'm going to try and go and break off and do my own thing. I think all of us can relate. Look, I personally can relate. I've talked to Colin Cowherd. I'm sure he can relate. I'm sure you can relate in your own. If you've ever worked for a successful business in the past, right? You're like, this is good. There's nothing wrong with good. But then you, at some point, want to do something new. Not everyone is built to drive to work the same way for 20 straight years. Not everybody's built that way. Some people are. Some people love the monotony of, hey, I get up at 5.30 every morning. I go to the gym, get a workout, get a cup of coffee, come in, get the kids up, have some breakfast with the family, go off to work, do my job, get home at 5 o'clock. You know, dinner's the same time. Sports is the same time. Everything's the same. Some people really, really like that. Some people do not. But in our search for, there's got to be something else there, right? LeBron leaving. Is it the fact that LeBron is surrounded by um, by all of his friends, that he completely controls one franchise? Like, all of that seems to play a part in Kyrie's decision. But if you had to get to what the tipping point is or what the what is the one thing that drives you most crazy about LeBron James, if you're Kyrie Irving, it's that he calls him kid. He sat down with Rachel Nichols and called him a kid, called him a kid. And then today, Kyrie, meeting with the media, said, no, I can't pinpoint one thing or another thing. That's not what adults do. They move on. He wants to be an adult. LeBron wants to treat him like a kid. Well, now we're getting somewhere. Right? Now we're getting somewhere. 
I mean, why is it so weird, so hard to, to go home when you've just been to, just spent a year in college? Music, do you remember what the first summer at home was like when you went away to college? I mean, you didn't really go away to college, right? But you went away to college. Because you, you lived outside. You're not from, like, right by Cal State Northridge, are you? No, no. I'm from the South Bay area in Torrance. So okay, so you're about 30 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes away, right? Yeah. So do you remember that first summer at home? Yeah. Did you crack a beer? Yeah, but not at my parents' house, like, while we were just on the couch or having dinner. Right, but there was there is a moment in every college student's life. Usually, every college I don't I can't speak to female students, but I know all of us. Like you go home and you just like, you know, your mom's going out for groceries. Can I get you anything, honey? Yeah, you I, can get me some beer. Oh, absolutely. And you just you try and just like say like, hey, give me some beer. I like Corona. I like Dos Equis. I like Modelo. I like you know nat- Natty. Okay, I get some Natty Ice. Nobody actually asked for Natty Ice, but it's okay, right? And she may say, like, there may be a little pushback there. Or you might just go and buy beer yourself, put it in the fridge. And then you always go and get that first one. Your dad's there. Hey, Dad, you want a beer? Right? Because nobody goes to the fridge and gets themselves a beer and doesn't offer somebody else. Because among the other things you learned in college, you learned that not only should chivalry not be dead, but a true gentleman offers another man a beer when he goes into a fridge and there's more than one. And the reason you do that is because you want your father, your mother, everybody at your house to to treat you like you're a man. I'm a man now. I'm a grown-up. I make grown-up decisions. I don't have a cur- curfew. I don't have a curfew. And then what's the dad and the mom always say? Well, while you're living in my house. You're playing on my rules. Like, yo, I'm an adult now. And that's what Kyrie Irving is going through. Take a listen. I don't want to pinpoint anything. I will never pinpoint anything because that's not what real grown-ups do. Um, they continue to move on with their life and continue to progress, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. There you go. There you go. That in a nutshell, right? He's the ultimate millennial. You know, millennials are have, have you know, oftentimes, look at traits of millennials. They are much, they are much less likely. 16% more narcissism than adults. Right? They also are much more likely to move. Um, they have a different view on marijuana. They have a different view on government. They have a different view on parents. They come from a diverse belief system. And they are much more apt to move because of that narcissism that they want to take care of themselves and they want to show you that I'm an adult. This ain't no different than when you first cracked a beer and your dad's like, hey, man, you're not 21. Like, Dad, come on. Come on. Not my first beer, Dad. Right? It's the, I'm an adult. You're a kid. No, I'm not. Watch me. I'm going to guzzle this beer. Ah. That's what happened in Cleveland. Um, it's also fascinating, and I'll get to this a little bit later on the show. Welcome to the small ball generation of the NBA. Uh, while not every t- teams aren't built for strictly for small ball, but every team now has a small ball lineup, and this is not like the wildcat formation. It's more like the spread in college football. 
fascinating. And like, look, the, the basics of it is this. For a long time, basketball players like, hey, what if we just played all of our best players at the same time? I mean, we all grew up. You go back through some of the great teams of all time, and and though some of them had great centers, at some point the center became kind of a stiff, and there were lots of stiffs off the bench. And it's like basketball coaches are finally like, you know what? What if we stop playing that stiff off the bench? And instead we start playing better basketball players. I'll tell you a little bit later on the show why the small ball and small ball generation in the NBA is more about the power of positive thinking and being half full as opposed to half empty. We got a lot to get to today. But up next, Bears running back Jordan Howard's going to join the show. I'll ask him about uh, that big run in overtime which set up the game-winning field goal. I'll ask him what it's been like to work through first Mike Glennon and then to Mitchell Trubisky. And if he saw the release today that Fox signed an extension with the Bears only to realize it wasn't his head coach, John Fox. All of that upcoming. We'll talk some Bear football with Jordan Howard next. But first, here are some helpful car tips that you might not know about. If your tires are stuck in the snow, use your floor mats for extra traction. Pretty good, right? What about perfect garage parking? Just hang a tennis ball so it touches your windshield at the same place. That way, every time you pull in, you don't Plow through to your backyard. Finally, here's another thing you might not know that's also really helpful. TrueCar also helps you buy used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience. Whether you buy new or used, here's something else you might not know. TrueCar users can see what other users paid, so you'll know if you're getting a good deal when you're buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a TrueCar certified dealer. Are you better ready to buy a new or used car? Check out TrueCard and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. That's TrueCard. With TrueCard, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCard and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Do you guys pay attention to stuff on Twitter? I'm interested if Jordan Howard does. Um, of course, um, you know, he played college football at UAB and at Indiana. Uh, he joins us in the Doug Gottlieb show. And, um, Jordan, were you on Twitter earlier today? Uh, yeah, I was. Did you see uh, the release that the Bears had extended their agreement with Fox? Did you see that? Oh, uh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, and everybody freaked out like, oh, John Fox got a five-year extension. Turned out it's with the local Fox affiliate. I was just wondering if you guys heard that as much as people on Twitter like, whoa, wait, that totally threw me for a loop. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. Fresh off a career day, including uh, an incredible run in overtime against the Ravens, 36 carries, 167 yards. Jordan Howard of the Chicago Bears joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. It felt like, just felt like in watching that game, you got stronger as you got more carries. Is that is that is that accurate? Is that fair in every any way to depict it that way? I mean, I definitely uh, say that's accurate. Uh, the more carries I got, the better groove I got in, the better rhythm I got, and I just kept feeling off uh, the more carries I was getting. Yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting game because uh, because maybe it's because it's Mitchell Trubisky because you guys trusted your defense against their offense. It felt like it went really, really fast. You know, you guys didn't throw the ball a lot. You ran it a ton, and you kind of shortened the game. Was that the game plan going in? Uh, I didn't run the ball, but I didn't know how many times we're going to run the ball. I guess 
Um, it was just the Florida game. Uh, we weren't behind anything like that, so we were able to establish the run. Um, you you ran over a bunch of dudes on the way uh, to that big carry that set up the game-winning field goal. Uh, Eric Weddle even said that's unacceptable tackling. What's that like to run through all those dudes? Um, it's just great uh, because anytime you break tackles, uh, you feel like you're breaking the defense's will and things like that. And then um, Eric Weddle, he went for the ball, and um, I covered the ball up, and I was able to uh, fend them off, and I was able to get around the corner. Yeah, uh, it was a, a really, really impressive run. You've had a really, really impressive career. Uh, give me your sense of Mitchell Trubisky now. We saw him in the preseason. Now he's gotten a chance to start coming out of off of that. He had Thursday night, so he had an extra time before the Monday night football game. What's he been like in the huddle? What's he been like to be your starting quarterback? Uh, he's been great in the huddle. He's uh, never rattled. Um, he started at the end of the game. He was just like he was at, at the beginning of the game, never rattled. Keeps the same composure. Um, he's always positive, um, and I'm excited for his future to see what he can keep doing. The uh, more starts he gets, the more comfort he gets, so I'm very excited to see what he'll do. No, really athletic. They roll him out a ton. Obviously, it's allowed them to use you a ton. Jordan Howard, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You know, a lot of people, I think, coming into the year thought, ah, Bears, they're really playing for next year. What was what was your sense when, when you guys you know signed Glennon and then uh, trade up to get Trubisky – when people are saying, hey, this is a team that can't win this year, what was your sense of how competitive your team would be? We're playing uh, the winning men's game as possible. I'm never trying to uh, look at the as the years like rebuilding, so I'm always trying uh, to go out there and fight and uh, put our best foot forward. I'm never trying to like uh, just uh, wait till next year and things like that. I'm always trying to win now. Yeah, I I mean, it's really interesting on how competitive you You nearly beat the Falcons. You did beat the Steelers. How do you explain the fact that you you guys beat two of the elite teams in football? You beat the Steelers. You beat the Ravens. Uh, struggle a little bit more in division. Why have you guys been so successful out of, out of division? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I feel like we've, we've just been able to compete with anybody. Uh, we feel like we compete with anybody, and we're showing everybody that uh, we can really compete with anybody that uh, when we're on top of our game. Um, that we can beat anybody, but um, some of the games we just struggled and we beat ourselves like the Minnesota game. We definitely should have won. We beat ourselves with so many penalties and turnovers. Jordan Howard, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show. When you have 167 on the road, but a lot of those fans had you on their fantasy team, do you hear more cheers than you thought you'd hear when you beat a team on the road because you help guys win their fantasy game? Um, yeah, you definitely hear. Uh, it's definitely weird hearing cheers uh, on the road, especially at a place like Baltimore. You know, they have a great uh, atmosphere and so many fans that pack the stadium out, so you don't have that many uh, Bears fans at those games. Jordan Howard, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, so you told me what it was like to run the football 36 times. I know you said you got a little bit tired in overtime, but you're, it didn't didn't stop you from trucking a bunch of guys, including Eric Weddle trying to go for the strip. What about the next day? Yesterday when you woke up, what's the level of soreness that your body felt? Um, actually, I wasn't really sore. I felt like I could really uh, play like another game already, so I wasn't really too sore. Come on, man. 36 carries against against the Ravens, running over dudes? When you play a brutally physical style, you mean to tell me you weren't you weren't sore at all? No, nah, not really. What's your secret? Like, you got a secret diet? You Like, did you get home and get a massage? Did you did you go sit in a hot tub? Like, what's your secret? How do you take care of your body? Um, I get like four or five massages a week. I do hot tub, cold tub. Um, I've been training room for like any any nicks and bruises I have, but 
Um, I just came out of the game feeling pretty good. All right, so and when you when you, you always feel better after uh, after a win. Oh, you get a road dub. Road dub feels great, man. Um, okay, so when you get a massage, right? Is mm-hmm. got it, it, you like it rough? Like do you like the like somebody the masseuse to get way in there? Like yeah, yeah, come on, get in there, get get those knots out. Yeah, I like the deep tissue. I can usually go to sleep uh, during them. Well, you can go to sleep during the deep tissue, even when they put the elbow. Like you know, how sometimes masseuses will put that elbow on like a little a little sore spot. You can fall asleep. Yeah, for the most part, I can. Yeah, man, that's 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 <laughs> tough. That's that's tough stuff right there. <laughs> hey, listen, congrats on the win. Uh, you had actually an absolutely amazing game, and whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. God will. Thank you, and thank you for having me. All right, that's Jordan Howard joining us on behalf of True Car. Uh, you find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy more confident car buying experience. Music, you massage guy? Uh, I actually am not that much of a massage guy. Mm-hmm. I've never really, I've had like one massage in my entire life. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Dan Beyer, are you a massage guy? Yeah, I wish I had them more often than I do. I haven't had one in a long time. But, um, uh, chick or dude them. massage guy? Uh, chick only. Yeah. 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 I I, gar- I didn't I sh- I could ask Jordan, but I didn't want to ask Jordan. Like I didn't want to, but I guarantee he's a dude massage guy. Like you get to a point you're like, man, dude, I don't care. It's not like I'm heterosexual. He's heterosexual. It's fine. I need somebody to get in there super deep. And like there are some women who have seriously strong hands or use their elbows and they. But you get the you. I want somebody who like if I'm gonna pay like Jordan Howard is built like a brick. You know what house, right? Like you got to get in there, get in there. Uh, but it's obvious that uh, Buyer has a little different things on his mind when he's getting a massage, right? Like he's just he wants he wants a little bit more of a loving touch more than a rough touch. Is that <laughs> I, is that accurate? I did have a deep tissue where the woman climbed the wall to like get in. Have you ever had that? Like to get leverage? Like that's how deep she was getting in. She her foot was like on the wall to press in. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was sore for days afterwards. <laughs> It hurt so okay. bad. What about, uh, so music, you've never really had a massage? No, so the only massage I've ever had is uh, my sister is a certified massage therapist. So uh, she gave me a massage once. That was it. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It was great. That's weird. Byer, I'm not the only one who thinks that's weird, no. right? <laughs> no. No, especially when he said, you know, just started out that way. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can, no, that's probably not happening. Really? Yeah. I think it. Nah. I think it yeah. pretty obviously. I think it. I think. <laughs> I I I think it moves when Bayer gets a massage. I think that's no, basically no, what he's telling no, us. no, no. And I and, fall asleep. To be uh, honest, you fall, yeah. asleep, you fall asleep. Uh huh. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Ramos, are you a massage guy? I get a little claustrophobic when they have to put your head through that whole thing. You know, and you're looking down, and it. I, well, wouldn't I need... you be more claustrophobic if they didn't have the whole thing? <laughs> Isn't that the whole idea? I don't know. I just feel like I, I can't move, so. That's kind of the idea that you can't move. <laughs> that's, that's, that's sort of the idea that you can't you can't I, move. I did get a massage from John's brother once, though. So <laughs> so I don't know if that's as weird as Ryan getting one from his sister. I just, but... like, I, I'm sorry. Like, the, the Ryan's sister being a, a licensed massage therapist, that just, like, hey, man, got a massage from your sister, huh? I think like, it would be like weird that, if, she, like, if she if she wasn't a massage if she wasn't certified to be a massage therapist and I was just like yeah my sister gives me massages no but, <laughs> but I, like I, she does it 
Yeah, but the fact so that why would a, I, why would I go to a stranger and pay to have that done? Because when it's my somebody you want could, it to be a stranger. You either want it to be somebody you care about, right, or somebody who's right. a stranger, but care about in a, in a different sort of, you know. Or my sister, who's a certified massage therapist, can what? give me listen, one for listen, free. Listen, you can make it up. You can in your <laughs> own mind. You can think it's totally cool and totally normal. Yeah. and not weird. Okay. The rest of us, somebody's got a message. One of you guys. Have a yeah, Cindy. Cindy loves to text during these these things. So, but right, Byer, I'm not the only one. Like, yeah, my sister gave me a massage. She's a massage. Like, no, it's that, not like a chef. Like, if if his if she right, was a chef, you right. know, she cooked this dinner. Right. Yeah, but that's not different. Like, yeah, she, but okay. she gave she gave me and all my whole, she gave all my buddies a massage. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, Dad, you're next. I you know, don't. That, that's that's weird. Unbelievable. Ramos, uh, you settle this. Do you think it's it's a little uh, awkward? Uh, yeah, it's awkward, awkward, I weird? do think it's a tad. But I I, I love Ryan, so I'm not gonna like. I love be Ryan too. Apparently, his sister it, so. really oh, loves no. Ryan. Yeah, come on now. Yes. Doug says I right, move. Right. You know, so so yeah. You want to talk about weird? <laughs> no, that, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Wow. Uh, oh man, this is. Who's got a phone call now? That's actually me. I got a phone call. My phone's my, phone's my wife. It's my wife. Where are you getting these massages? Oh, hey, honey. We used to get massages every Thursday in college, uh, in college basketball. It's like one of the things that – it's one of the reasons that I, I don't these like pay the players. Like, do you have any idea how good you have it when you're a college athlete? I mean, some of it's out of necessity, but some of it really is a luxury item. But, you know, it's one of those things when you first get to college, everybody's like, oh, I want the chick. I want the chick to massage me. You know, like – and then you're after a while, you're like, no, nah, I want the dude. I want somebody who gets, I don't care if it's a dude or a chick. I want somebody to get in there and get, get those knots out. Cause I used to get bad knots in my back and they, you put your elbow in there. You rub. Um, yeah. I like it rough. I like it rough. <laughs> don't believe me. Ask music sister. Help. All right. I'm this, we're getting inappropriate here. Uh, we're getting inappropriate. Let's get to Dan Byer. Find out what else is going on. All right. Uh, let's see uh, Let's see what's happening in baseball. Tonight, two games. Yes, game four of the ALCS coming up at 5 o'clock Eastern time on Fox Sports 1. Astros taking on the Yankees. Houston is up 2-1. They've got Lance McCullers on the hill. Sonny Gray tries to even the series. He's on the mound for the Yankees. Again, Houston up 2-1 in the best-of-seven matchup. You'll see it at 5 Eastern on Fox Sports 1. Game three tonight of the NLCS. Dodgers up 2-0 on the Cubs playing in Chicago. 9 o'clock Eastern time is the start. Kyle Hendricks goes for the Northsiders. Hugh Darvish on the hill for L.A. Tonight is opening night for the NBA's regular season. Cavs forward LeBron James is a game-time decision for their matchup against the Celtics because of an ankle injury, but Rockets point guard Chris Paul confirmed he will play tonight against the Warriors despite knee and shoulder issues. Sixers center Joel Embiid says he'll play about 16 minutes in the team's opener on Wednesday against the Wizards. When told about his minutes restriction, Embiid called it bleeping bleep. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, bleeping bleep. Yeah, bleeping bleep. That's what we will – that's probably the best way to put it. The uh, NFL, by the way, announced there will be no changes to the NFL's policy on the national anthem, which states players should stand for the anthem. Reps from the NFL Players Union and current players took part in productive meetings again today. All sides are expected to meet in the future. The Giants have reinstated corner Dominique Rogers Cromartie 
Remember, he violated team rules by leaving last week, so they suspended him indefinitely. Well, that indefinite suspension, Doug, has come down to just one game reinstated by the team today. Uh, thanks, Dan. Dan, do you, so you don't believe in home field advantage in baseball in the playoffs? Not really. I There's a lot of things I would rather have than the crowd on my side in the postseason. Like, well, Pitching, but, but, but yeah. That, Again, that I I think your um what's it called your your comparing uncomparables. I'm not saying I wouldn't rather have great pitching or a great closer. I'm saying, do you think it's a factor? Um, not not as much. I think that there are instances, but I'm not a big believer of saying, oh, we're at home now. Things are different. Hmm. Okay, I I think it. I think the Yankees are different though. Look, I don't, I don't always believe in uh, in home field advantage in baseball, but I do think that baseball it's more likely to play a bigger factor. And here's the logical reason why: like baseball dudes don't grow up and playing in front of big crowds. They just don't. It doesn't mean there's not pressure, but it's different kind of pressure in baseball. Like whereas basketball guys, they when you're in playing AAU basketball or high school basketball. And you play for a league championship. You're playing in the playoffs. You're playing in an AU. Made you're, you, you know you're an elite player. You're not playing in the auxiliary gym in front of 20 coaches. You're playing in the main gym in a packed house. And then when you get to the college basketball, you're playing in front of 20,000. You get the NCAA tournament and the final four. You play in front of 75,000 people. So you've dealt with big crowds playing in uh, tough environments before. In football, in college football. You play in front of oftentimes bigger crowds in college football than you do when you're playing college baseball and play in front of anybody. So you're more used to it. I think baseball guys can get a little bit more rattled. And then I think you want, like, look, it's Yankee Stadium. I know it's not the same Yankee Stadium. Um, but Yankee Stadium is historic in nature. And you run out and you're like, damn, we're playing the Yankees in Yankee Stadium in the playoffs. This is a little different. So I'm not a big home field advantage guy, but you factor in the fact that it's the Yankees and they're pretty good. And there's history there. All those guys grew up watching the Yankees play in the playoffs. And oh yeah, by the way, it's a little bandbox to right center so you can get it up in the air like uh, Todd Frazier did. And I, I, I think I do buy into home field advantage for the Yankees. All right, I need a mea culpa. You guys know what mea culpa is? What's the actual definition of mea culpa? Uh, let's bring in Cam Jordan of the... Uh, the New Orleans Saints. Cam, you went to Cal Berkeley. Do you know what mea culpa is? Uh, no. What, what is that? Mea culpa is like, uh, hey, my bad. I was wrong. Sorry. Um, so I need a mea culpa. Uh, uh, nope. You, I don't nope. think that's ever going to be in my, uh, in my terms of phrases to say my bad. Uh, uh, never? Know, like, look, I, I need to issue. You know, I just, I'll tell you in person. I'll it, never say that one out loud. It's a formal apology from me to you. I thought you guys were bad. I was convinced you guys were bad. I was convinced you were going to have a bad year. They just, it wasn't going to work, and I was wrong. So will you accept my mea culpa? Nope. Don't okay. want it. Throw it away. <laughs> Cam George. We take, I mean, we, take, we take it all as, as motivation. At the end of the day, it's about how we can prove people wrong, how we can step to the field uh, and play the way we do. Um, it's not about, you know, um, what everybody else expects of us is what we expect of us. Okay, so what what happened? Like, okay, I'll, I'll give you first week of the season. Nobody knows what they have. Patriots, it's not as much. The, I mean, the defense they have a good offense, 
but the offense wasn't wasn't clicking. Now it it's kind of working together. At fifty two points against the Lions, the defense shut out the Dolphins the week before. Like, what in the heck happened with you guys? Um, you know, it's still too early to tell. It's only you know we've only played five games together, but we we all know that we have you know uh, uh, one of the youngest defenses in the league. Um, and it just takes a little bit of time to congeal. And I've been saying, you know, this locker room is different than any other locker room I've been a part of. This DB core is different than any other DB core that I've I've witnessed in the past, you know, six, seven years of being with the Saints. This is something that, you know, they're young, but they, they're hungry. And when I say they're hungry, I mean, they talk about it in the locker room. They talk about it, in, in, you know, when we're walking out the building. I see them, in, you know, when we're out in public and they're still talking about it. These guys want to play football so bad, and it's, it's clearly showing. Well, I mean, the way we take the field, the way we practice, the way everything's been going, every, the way we've been congelling the last couple of games. I just hope we keep going in that right manner. Cam Jordan joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's never missed a game in his career with the New Orleans Saints, but you've been a part of historically bad defenses, and this one is changing that narrative quite quickly. So you mentioned how hungry they are. What about, like, is schematically, are you guys, what are you guys doing differently that's allowed you to adjust and be more successful? schematic I let, I let my D coordinator talk to you about that one I do know that um in terms of the way we're playing box we're more focused on on emphasizing run blocks we're more focused on uh getting after the quarterback um we take things in a segment it's not a long line let's take the big pictures breaking down every little small detail and see attention to detail that is clearly matter Cam Jordan joining us so it's got to be kind of fun for you, right? Like you're not a you're not a super you're not old head. You're not in your 30s yet, but having been through it, this has to be refreshing to have that energy in the locker room. No, I mean I say you know at at 28 I'm entering my prime. I don't think I think I've still got some things I have to learn. I have to polish up uh, when it comes to the way we do football, the way we attack uh, the field, the way we attack a play. Um, I can only say that it's been fun the last couple of games to be a part of this defense. But we're still too early on to say, hey, this is the type of defense that we are. You know, we all have to, to paint our, uh, our own identity, and that's what we're trying to do right now. So at the end of the season, we say, hey, this is how tenacious we were. This is how ferocious we were on the field. This is how we got after the quarterback. This is how, you know, we made big plays. And at the end of the year, I'd love to look back and say, hey, now we got to press this on to the playoff picture. Cameron Jordan joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Over on the offensive side of the ball, look, I think everybody thinks Adrian Peterson is a Hall of Famer. He's a former MVP, won the comeback player of the year. But it, it felt like it felt like it was the best for all parties for him to go to Arizona. And it, that's exact like that's a healthy divorce when he goes and has a great game with the Cardinals and it frees up Kamara, Ingram, and even even your head coach to call plays more freely so he doesn't feel compelled to give a guy a football who might not be as good a fit, right? Like, did you do you, I know it's a different side of the ball. I know it's a different meeting room. But did you guys feel any of that? Did you feel kind of less pressure on the offense with AD now in Arizona? Yeah, that, yeah, that's something you have to get Mark or uh, Alvin on the line for. I do know that, you know, when you have a three-headed monster um, and you're, you're running the ball, let's call it 24 times a game, again, you know, the runs get a little get a little scarce putting the three, that, three ways down. Um, when you go ahead and then give it between two, uh, more guys are allowed to see, see look, get catch and feel of the game. The ebb and flow of the game is going to be in that favor. Um, you hate to see a guy like Andrew Cooper go because he was a great teammate. I mean, he worked hard. There was nothing in his face that didn't leave in your mind that clearly he's one of the goats, at least one, you know, a running back of our of my era. Uh, when you talk about the way that he runs, the way that he takes to running, 
the way he ran at practice, the way he, he tried to run his game, um, you clearly saw his whole work ethic. And so, I, I mean, I'm going to agree with you to say it was a healthy divorce. I hated to see him go. You know, I was born a Vikings fan. It's, you know, this is, of course, a Vikings legend. Um, when you talk about the way Mark and Alvin have been able to eat this last game, you can only hope that they keep excelling in what they do. And I wish nothing but the best for Adrian unless we have to play him in the playoffs. No, no, listen, it, it, it's a great – Alvin and Mark is a great one-two combination. Last thing, you're playing the Packers. They're not going to have uh, Aaron. So you got Brett Hundley. At, and one of the things about young quarterbacks is – or inexperienced quarterbacks is you don't have a, as big a book on them, right? And, like, look, I think everybody remembers Brett from when he was at UCLA. He's athletic. He can move around. And you do have some tape against the Vikings, a team that you play. So you have that like opponent – but what's what's the preparation like for a quarterback where you don't have as deep a book on him as you would an Aaron Rodgers? Exactly. That's what I've been saying. I mean, um, I, we started watching film yesterday. Uh, we got more into it today. Um, and, you know, the thing is, you know what you're dealing with with Aaron Rodgers. You know he's got a phenomenal arm. You know his high, IQ is high. He comes from one of the better colleges in this nation. Um, you talk about the, his playmaking ability is clearly top tier of the league. Um, then, you know, it, with him being out of the game, now you're dealing with uh, another kid who, you know, comes from a great conference, um, you know, a conference where they, they aspire to be higher than what they are unless they're playing Cal and they usually normally lose. Um, but when you talk about uh, Brett Hundley, who comes from an illustrious high school, such as my own high school, yep. um, then we can, uh, we can talk about, you know, I hope that he, he could do well after this game. You know, um, we, we do know that he's had, what, three years of tutelage under Aaron Rodgers, or two and a half years of tutelage under Aaron Rodgers, and that's going to carry him far. Uh, we don't know how mobile it is. We've broken down the Vikings, baby, and I feel like, you know, you're better off with knowing what you're going up against than what you don't. So, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to say, hey, you've got a great game plan for him, but I don't know if you can't have a great game plan for a quarterback that you don't have much film on. Well, listen, obviously, whatever you guys have been doing recently has been working. Best, First of all, safe travels. Best of luck in Green Bay, and uh, we really appreciate you joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, yeah, much appreciated. All right, that's uh, Cam Jordan, who would not accept my mea culpa. That discussion brought to you by True Car. You can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. What are the chances we are watching the 2018 NBA champions on opening night of the NBA season? Remember, there's two games tonight, Rockets, Warriors. But the nightcap, you got the Seas taking on the Cavs. In the, uh, in the first game, I'll tell you what the answer to that question is next. Here's the select quote difference. Most companies give you one option, one policy, one rate, but select quote gives you options, lots of options. I want you to give select quote a call at 800-881-4466 or go to selectquote.com today for a totally free personal quote. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Emmett Smith, all-time leader rusher in the history of the NFL. We'll ask him about Cowboys, about Ezekiel Elliott, who will remain suspended as of this point in time. Uh, we'll also ask him about finishing up his career in Arizona. Cardinals are far different than when he was there, but he was there at the end of his career, much like Adrian Peterson is now playing for the Cardinals. Get to that at the top of next hour. We're just over an hour away from Astros-Yankees Game 4 from the Bronx over on FS1. Let's play a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. 
Dan Byer, what do you got? All right, we got uh, today. What are the chances? Uh, a special NBA preview edition of What Are the Chances? Byer. As we look ahead to the NBA season, and in just eight months from now, we could look back and see how we did. The nice eight-month-long NBA season. All right, Doug, what are the chances that the NBA champion comes from one of the four teams that are playing tonight on opening night? So that would be Cavs-Celtics, Rockets-Warriors. The NBA champion is playing? Yes. Like a 95% chance. I think that it's it's pretty amazing when you think of the NBA, (laughs) and heck, if it's not the Warriors, which it likely could be, it's definitely got to be one of these three teams. Right. I mean, the only other options are, I guess, Oklahoma City would be one. Maybe the Spurs. I mean, much you want to count out the Spurs. They did win 61 games last year, so so they got that going for them, which is, which is nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, look, the Warriors and the Cavs lost a combined one game in the playoffs before meeting in the NBA Finals. What leads me to think that all of a sudden somebody else has gotten much closer? I don't see it. Well, what about this? What are the chances that the league's MVP is playing on opening night tonight? You got LeBron. I, I don't know. I, you know. I know who's playing. I'm, 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 I know. <laughs> I'm just just trying to add to it, Doug. I don't think I know that you know. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to don't add to it. Okay. That's all. I just I was just like, dude. I I'm, <laughs> Kyrie, Kyrie Irving playing yeah, as well. Kyrie Irving is playing tonight. There Steph is a chance Curry's the audience tonight. doesn't Clay know who's Thompson's playing tonight. Playing tonight. <laughs> Warriors, Rockets, Celtics, Cavs. Uh, so I'm trying to think, like, other potential options are any of the Thunder who I think split votes, and uh, I, I guess they're going to play with one basketball there, although they'd like to play with more. Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. would be another potential option. Giannis. Uh, Giannis and Tecumpo. Um, like, I don't think Jokic is going to win the MVP. I think he's a tremendous player. I don't think Blake is going to, but I think he's going to put up some really good numbers. I'll say there's a 60% chance he's playing tonight. All right. John's Carl got Anthony, a... see, Some people think Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Uh, some people would think Anthony Davis if he's, they're ever healthy at the start of the year, which they aren't. So th- th- those would be the... Uh, those would be the potential. John's got a knock-knock Jokic he's going to tell us later. Um, uh, what? Ah, uh, there we go, a little play on words. Yes. Um, what are the chances that the 76ers end up doing away with Joel Embiid's minute restrictions later this season? I think pretty good. I think probably 75%. You know, the one thing about Joel Embiid is before you complain about the minutes restriction, can we make it through a season without getting hurt? Like, right? Like, I'm not asking for a lot here. I'm at, how about, okay, let's not go 82 games. Let's go 50. You know what? Let's go 40 games. So I think there's a 75% chance they do, but he's got to not get hurt in the process. What are the chances, Doug? You mentioned Oklahoma City earlier that the Thunder can crack the top three in the Western Conference. Um, You know, they're right there in that 3-4 line. I would say uh, I think it's 40% chance they crack the top three. I, I, I still, until further notice, I put the Spurs ahead of them. Mm-hmm. and I would still put the Rockets out of them, even though I think the Rockets are going to have to play a little bit different style. But I would, I would put the Rockets ahead of them. I think the Rockets fit together a little bit better, and they have a much better bench, uh, and they're set up to use their bench better. I'll say it's like a 40% chance. I think they're more fourth place. What are the chances that the Eastern Conference's top four teams remain the same from a year ago? That would be Boston, Cleveland, Toronto, and Washington. No particular order, but just that they are the top four teams again in the East. Uh, I, I think only about 30% chance. I, I think Toronto is the team. They lost a lot from last season. Patrick Patterson's gone. Mari Carroll's gone. Um, 
they, they lost a lot of their defense, a lot of their toughness. They still have, you know, Lowry and DeRozan, but it's all of those other pieces around them. Whereas I think Milwaukee is the team I would I would guess would make the the strongest run at climbing into that top four. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, couple big topics in the National Football League are Ezekiel Elliott, who at this point will remain suspended after a rule a, a ruling earlier today, and Adrian Peterson, from the third running back in New Orleans to a guy who can win you a game almost on his own in Arizona. What's that like? Emmett Smith will tell us. He joins us next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. So much to get to, man. So much to get to. We got Major League Baseball getting ready to get back underway. ALCS live from the stadium in uh, just over an hour. Jose Altuve and the Houston Astros led by Lance McCullers. He'll pitch today going against uh, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, who kind of got demoted, right? That was the big acquisition. And, like, look, the Yankees' belief is that game three was their um, – game three was the big that's – a, that's a pivotal game and played out as such, right? It was two games to none. You throw CC up there. CC was outstanding. The hitting came through. Now, all of a sudden, game four, Sonny Gray, who struggled in his first postseason appearance, we'll see how he does in his second. This one pitching at home. He was considered maybe the ace heading into the playoffs. Ian Servino. Also, keep an eye on the NFL. Uh, last night, the score not indicative of how close the Titans Colts game was, uh, but it's also kind of a snooze fest of a game in comparison to some of the other stuff. You got the injuries, most notably to Aaron Rodgers and others. Um, And you got the Dallas Cowboys, who today got at least bad news temporarily, temporarily, as Ezekiel Elliott's suspension remains in place. Remember, the Cowboys were off last weekend. They play this weekend. And with that, we welcome in one of the all-time great Cowboys, a Hall of Famer, the all-time leading rusher in the history of the National Football League. Emmett Smith joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Of course, um, um, Emmett, I'm wondering your thoughts on on the Cowboys' season to date. How would you how would you characterize it? Well, I would say uh, so far to date, uh, we've been a little up and down, a lot of inconsistency. Uh, we've seen some bright spots, but yet uh, not enough uh, consistency and continuity there in order to uh, have a successful uh, uh, season. Um, one week we look good, then the next week we go up against uh, uh, the Broncos and, and we don't look as good. Then we come back and play pretty good at home and, and win a game there. Then we take, then we play Aaron Rodgers and we're like, we don't know what we're doing So uh, in some cases. But uh, for the most part, I know the team is working hard. And uh, I know they're doing the best that they can, but uh, to to develop that consistency, which I think will happen, uh, especially now that we've had 10 days or bye week to, to work on some things and get some things solidified and maybe even get some players back. So uh, I anticipate that that, that uh, continuity, you know, we would gel at the right time and probably take off. Yeah, you know, especially getting Sean Lee back, that, that solidifies that defensive front against the run. He's just an outstanding leader. I'm wondering your perspective on Zeke, considering suspended, then played, now we don't know, kind of up in the air. 
How much do you think that's contributed to the fact that this was a dominant offense last year, dominant running the football, and at times they've gone away from it. I know they've made, you know, two. there's two changes. Doug Free retiring obviously changes things some. But um, how much do you think the Zeke stuff off the field has caused the offense to not be, to use your word, as consistent on the field? Well, I think I think you, I think so many people are looking at uh, what's happening off the field and trying to place blame someplace. But the reality of the fact is, people want to discount the, the simple fact you are playing in the National Football League and the guys on the other side of the ball get paid just like your guys get paid. And so during the off season, I think the the defensive coordinators had a whole season to look at what Deke was doing, what Zeke was doing, and also what what Dak was doing and try to come up and devise schemes to, to slow down that running attack. And so, yes, it has slowed down. And, yes, we do have a few distractions on, on top of that. But uh, we're talking about execution. We're talking about executing and, and, uh, and, uh, and just doing your job. And, and, and so it makes it a lot tougher when teams uh, are keying on you and, and, and devising schemes to slow your running game down. And that's what has happened. Emma Smith joining us in the dugout. We've all – we, we all, we've also turned the ball over a little bit more than what we did last year also. So you're looking at all those kind of things, too, which uh, would also cut back on um, uh, possessions and opportunities for our offense to, uh, to remain on the field. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, people have done to the Cowboys what the Cowboys did to everybody else, right? They've limited, they've, sh- they've shortened the game by running the football, especially when Sean Lee is out. They haven't been able to stop the run. Uh, and then the, the schedule's more difficult. Um, I think it's fair to say that that Dez looks a little bit older. Obviously, Jason Witten is a little bit older. And then teams have been able to game plan a little bit better against Dak and Zeke. So it's not like one thing. It's a litany of things that have caused the Cowboys. And they have higher expectations this year than they had last year coming off a four-win season. All that's fair, isn't it, Emmett? I think all that is fair. I think all that is fair. But, you know, I can't go and say Dez look a little bit older. But, I mean, if you keep playing, he's going to get older. So that's just a natural progression of of an athlete, that's a natural progression of life. But, uh, but, but teams are doing a better job. They're doing a better job of trying to slow down our running game and uh, making us do things that we don't normally want to do. And so we just got to figure out ways to uh, develop that continuity that we need and stay and keep plugging because, you know, you got to keep running the ball into eight-man fronts. You have to keep running the ball into defenses that are scheming against you. You just got to figure out ways to – to make it happen in order to maintain the balance that we need as an offensive unit uh, to develop the consistency that we had last year. I want to ask you about Adrian Peterson. He, of course, left Minnesota, signed as a free agent with the Saints, a two-year deal. That didn't work out. They traded him last week to the Arizona Cardinals, and then he had an outstanding game. You finished your career famously with the Cardinals. Others, Edron James has gone there towards the end of his career. What's that like to be um, um, so thought of with one team? Right. Adrian Peterson, he's a Viking, right? Emmett Smith is a cowboy. But then to put on the Cardinal helmet and then to try and perform. What's what 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 do you remember most about that experience? You know, my experience was a great experience, regardless of what the record may show. I played around a group of young men that was thirsty and thirsting for knowledge of how to have a long career in the National Football League, but not only have a long career, how to become a professional how to train, how to prepare yourself week in and week out, uh, how to travel on the road. Uh, you know, you, you hear Larry Fitzgerald saying he learned how to 
uh, travel on the road by bringing two suits, one suit to the game and one suit, one suit to the, to the, to the, on the trip and one suit on the way back. Uh, so you have a new suit every day. So you represent yourself in the most professional way. But uh, not only that, but I had a bunch of hungry guys that was thirsting to win and wanting to do the best that they can. And when I look back right now over my years of, uh, of retirement, I see Josh McCowan still playing. I see Larry Fitzgerald excelling. I saw Anquan Bolden excelling. And I see uh, Carlos Dansby still hanging in there and, and some other players, you know. So I'm extremely proud of the simple fact that uh, uh, the Bidwells and, and Coach McGinnis and, uh, have give, gave me a chance to continue uh, to play the sport that I love so much. And uh, to have that experience out there in Arizona was, was second to none. I think it helped me uh, bring closure uh, to my career. Yeah, for him, I think it's, it's going to be hard because he had such a good first game. But the hard isn't the hard part it's the consistency of it? Just like you can have a really good game, but your body, it's hard, you know, once you get three, four weeks of taking a pounding to bring that. Is that is that what changes when you get older? Because – you know, like, look, you were never a, you weren't thought of as a blur. Just never, nobody ever seemed to get a good hit on you, right? Like, I mean, just, you, you always avoided the big hit. You didn't seem to ever lose the elusiveness and the speed. Was it the consistent, what changes more once you get to that 30 years old? Man, I tell you, you start to feel all the hits and your body don't recover the same. And um, it's, it's just different. Uh, it really, I mean, once you creep over 32, I would say, uh, 32 to 33, I would say that you come to realize that it is a young man's game, and and the monotony of, of preparing during the off season, off season training is much more rigorous, uh, and it's like I'm I'm tired of doing this, and uh, I know why I'm doing it, but I'm tired of doing it. <laughs> um, listen, you're also you're teaming up with Michelin for a National Team Driver Safety Week. I'm sure you know that <laughs> includes uh, not not texting and driving. Uh, tell me about this this partnership between you and Michelin and why it's so po- important to you. Well, it's important to me because uh, I have a 15-year-old son that I've been helping uh, learn how to drive as well. And so knowing that every parent that's sitting in that passenger seat while their teenage son or daughter is, is driving a car uh, can be very nerve-wracking for the parent as well as for the child. And so I have teamed up with Michelin. Uh, to spread more awareness about tips that you can actually learn uh, how to how to uh, help your child be safe in the vehicle. Most people think that uh, the brakes actually stop the car. The brakes only stop the wheel. Uh, the tires actually stops the car. And so to make sure that uh, every parent uh, and every person that's driving a car, whether you're a teenage person or, uh, or an adult, uh, make sure that your tire pressures are adequate, uh, get your tires pre- uh, pressure checked out once a month. If you have to do it twice a month just to feel, feel safe, I think the, uh, when you start looking at tire pressure, that has that adds ex- extra value uh, to the to the tire itself and give you extra protection in terms of stopping versus uh, uh, not having that adequate tire pressure. So if you need more information, go to michelinman.com backslash sharing safety, um, and then uh, you can download the booklet and it can give you some more details in terms of how to be safe while you're driving your car and working with your teenage uh, child and teaching them how to drive a car. The great Emma Smith joining us. Uh, your dad's nickname was Puddin. He, he, is that who taught you how to drive? <laughs> yes, my dad, Puddin, did teach me how to drive. He taught me how to drive in a 240ZX, which was a stick shift car, 
and uh, which I, I learned how to drive a stick. It made everything else much easier from that point on. No question. Okay, so do you remember where it was? Like in a parking lot? Did he leave? Was it up like on a? Yes, it was. Yes, it was in the parking lot down uh, in Warrington, uh, down in Warrenton in, in Pensacola, Florida. All right. So you're you now. What about your son? He's 15. I'm thinking it's not a 240Z. Like, what do you teach your? How do you teach your son how to drive? Oh man, I teach my son how to drive in my wife's Range Rover, uh, and uh, in our Escalade. And he has yet to drive. My you need to car go. Buy, yet, but, you need uh, to go. You need to go buy him a two forty Z. You go, hey man, I want to treat you just like I got. Here's a two forty Z, and I want you to learn how to drive this. I want you to learn how to drive this bad boy. I'm gonna have to go get him a Gremlin. <laughs> get him a green Gremlin. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, again, it's a hashtag sharing yeah. safety. Go to Michelin.com slash sharing safety. Emmett, great to catch up with you. Thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you, guys. Y'all be good. All Thank right, that's, that's Emmett Smith joining us. Music, where'd you, what kind of car did you learn to drive on? Or uh, you're, he's, on the, he's on the phone. What about you, Ramos? What did you learn to drive on? 1968 Chevy Impala. Really? That's a cool car. I mean, yeah. Impala wasn't a cool car when it was in 68. I don't think it was designed to be a cool car. Uh, but that is a cool car. You're not that old. So what year was it when you were learning how to drive? Uh, 1985. Yes, you were like learned on a classic car. Yeah, it was my dad's car. It's my dad's car from 68. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But not not a stick though, right? Not that a stick. Kind of... No, uh, it was um, it was really good. It was really good transmission. Like you could turn the wheel in two seconds. It was very good. Very easy to drive. You could turn the wheel in two seconds. That's not transmission. That's no, no, power no. steering. Power steering. I'm yeah. sorry. It had a good, uh, very good power, power steering. steering. Yes. Music, what'd you learn to drive on? Uh, 98 Jeep Grand Cherokee. 98 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yeah. Uh, they had, those were, 98, those are a cool car. Those are cool trucks. Oh, it was That's really actually cool. what I wanted. Yeah. I got a Camaro was my first one. I got a scholarship to college. My, my dad got leased me a Camaro which I drove for all of like seven, eight months, and then I, I realized I was going to Notre Dame. You can't have a real-wheel drive car, so I got a Chevy Blazer. My brother <laughs> got the Camaro. Um, I learned how to drive. My dad had a an 88. This is in the mid-'90s. Had like an 88 uh, Cadillac Sedan DeVille, I think is what it was called. Sedan DeVille. Yeah. I learned how to drive on that. My mom had a Honda Accord. She's always had Honda Accords. And my brother taught me to ha- drive stick. He had a, an Acura Integra. And his thing, I was grinding the gears. And so he took me to um, to uh, Lemon Heights, which is a nice area, uh, not where we live, but over in North Tustin, and to a hill. And you know how it rolls backwards when you get it, when you hit neutral? And he's like, drive me home and you'll know how to drive stick. And you start rolling backwards and you, you just figure it out. Yeah. Dan Byer, what'd you learn to drive on? Automatic. Well, what kind of car? Uh, just like a, an Acclaim, I think a Plymouth Acclaim. All right. In uh, in Wisconsin, right? Yes. Yeah, my dad was like, you don't need this 10 and 2 crap. You need one <laughs> hand on top of the <laughs> wheel right. and the other hand, yeah, feel free to lean on the side. Like, yeah, I'm not sure that's going to pass the driver's <laughs> test. Um, that's great. Brings back memories. Um, don't let the name fool you, Dollar Shave Club. Has uh, way more than just razors. Matter of fact, uh, I I shared this story. I don't know if I'm, I should. But my daughter is 11. She wanted to shave her legs for the first time ever. I'm like, all right, you can do it, but you got to use my executive razor and my shave butter. And uh, actually, last night I was like, do you need to shave your legs again? It's been over a week. She's like, no. I was like, I'm not sure you need to shave your legs to begin with, but you know, she wanted to fit in in school. 
You, you can use this shave butter, body cleanser, butt wipes, and the executive razor. How about if I told you it's only five bucks your first month? After that, replacement cartridges ship for just a few bucks a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash gotlib. There's a difference between something being illegal and unnecessary. I'll tell you the difference next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Around and screw up fall and screw up ride with the Indiana boys on the Indiana night. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So much to get to today, man. It's like uh, we have two baseball games. We have football to react to a little bit last night, a lot looking forward. And, of course, NBA, which um, half past the hour, we get you to update everything going on. Then I'll kind of explain uh, what, what I think is fascinating about this trend in the NBA, the, the small ball trend. We'll get to that in a moment. But there's been a lot of discussion about the Aaron Rodgers hit Anthony Barr what was deemed to be and still deemed to be a legal hit on Aaron Rodgers. It's a legal hit on Aaron Rodgers. Um, and that legal hit, not re- not resulting in a fine, not resulting in a penalty. It just resulted in a broken collarbone or a clavicle to Aaron Rodgers, who for my money is the best I've ever seen play the position. Mike McCarthy had this to say about the Vikings linebackers hit on his quarterback. I didn't like the hit. I had a chance to watch it last night on the, on the plane. Um, he's out of the pocket. He's clearly expecting to get hit to pin him to the ground like that. You know, I felt it was an illegal act. And to, to sit here and, and lose, you know, lose any of your players on something like that, yeah, it doesn't feel very good. Yeah, I, I didn't like the hit. It was totally unnecessary in my opinion. The, the, see, he said it was a legal act, Ill, illegal act, and I thought at the end he nailed it when he said it was an unnecessary action. So, you know, like, look, you're expecting to get hit. You're not expecting to necessarily go to the ground. And this is, if you look back, I don't know if you remember when Sam Bradford hurt his AC, show, AC joint in college, or if you've ever seen how uh, any of the times in which Tony Romo broke his collarbone. Like, all of these injuries are kind of the same. Either a guy tackles you and you go to the ground and land on your shoulder, or you, while going to the ground, you try and stop yourself from hitting the ground. And when your arm catches you, then your arm, that's actually what happened to Drew Brees. You guys remember when Drew Brees hurt his shoulder? If you you want to see some grotesque footage, go back and look at Drew Brees. It was his last play, last game with the San Diego Chargers. Phil Rivers was going to replace him next year anyway. And his arm, he tried to stop himself falling down when he got sacked. His right arm fell underneath him, and then it it bent back kind of the wrong direction, and that tore his rotator cuff. So, like, look, um, I, I, I fully understand that Anthony Barr's play was legal, but it was unnecessary. It's unnecessary. You can hit a quarterback out of the pocket after he throws the ball. But there's no reason to have to wrap him up and tackle him and and land upon him. You just don't. And I guess here's the thing. Like, this is the the, the greatest litmus test for is it a is it is an ethical hit? 
Sam Bradford gets hit and driven to the ground. You going to want to fight? Damn right you are. Taddy Bridgewater, who is clear to practice, he's not fully clear to play in a game coming off that horrific knee injury. He's hit in the same spot and driven to the ground. You going to want to fight? Are you going to be? Of course you are. Of course you are. So what's the golden rule? Ramos, what's the golden rule? Come on, Ramos. <laughs> Ramos, you're like salt of the earth, raised right. Dad taught you to drive in a 68 Chevy Impala. What, what, what is the golden rule? I don't know. Help me out. You don't know what the golden rule is? <laughs> Dan Byer, you know what the golden rule is? Um, do unto others. Yes. What? What's the what's finish? Yeah. Do unto others what um, they would have they would have done to you. Is that it? Am I getting it correct? You're you're really close. Music didn't know. What? Music music has the cheat sheet. I told him this earlier today. Is as you would have wanted done to you. Is that it? Yes. Yes, you would have. Yes. Yes. The golden rule. The golden rule. Do unto others as you want them to do to you. This is the meeting of the law of Moses and the teaching of the prophets. I believe it's uh, was from Matthew seven twelve. It's actually biblical. Right? Do unto others you want to do it to you, or do unto others you want done unto your quarterback. So, like you can tell me all you want, like hey, legal hit, legal hit. Yeah, but was it necessary? Because you can still get a good smacking on Aaron Rodgers when he throws the ball. He's out of the pocket. You got a clean shot. He releases the ball. You still have that half second. Bam! You can still smack him. You know what you shouldn't do? Shouldn't drive him to the ground. Shouldn't drive him to the ground. Ramos, I can't believe you didn't know the golden rule. Now, you said the golden rule I would not have guessed as as I did not. But if you would have said it's biblical, then I probably would have said what? Dan said because the golden I, rule you have kids you don't you teach I actually yeah, use I use I the golden rule I, don't I use the golden the, rule in coaching basketball I, I I did a clinic last night for my son's uh AAU program and I said hey what's the golden rule and like my son he knows it goes he's like do you want to do others they want to do you I was like well use that in basketball right like don't you like it when somebody gives you a good pass yeah. well give them a good pass oh golden rule Golden rule. Do unto others as you would want done unto you. Let's find out what Dan Byers is working on. What do you got, Dan? Well, we're working on a game four in New York. Coming up at the top of the hour, Astros and Yankees on Fox Sports 1. Yanks have an opportunity to even the score at two games apiece. They put Sonny Gray on the hill while the Astros trying to go up 3-1, counter with Lance McCullers. Game three of the NLCS between the Dodgers and Cubs is tonight in Chicago. 9 o'clock Eastern time at Wrigley as the Dodgers are up 2-0. Yu Darvish on the mound for L.A. Kyle Hendricks goes for Chicago. Some news from the NFL. There will be no changes right now to the league's policy on the national anthem, which states that the players should stand for the anthem. This after a meeting today that included the NFL, Players Union, and current players. However, Colin Kaepernick was not a part of today's meeting. His attorney released a statement saying that his client wasn't invited to today's meetings. 
However, current players have asked that Kaepernick attend the next meeting. No word if he will actually do that or not. Jaguars president Mark Lamping apologized to the city's director of military affairs after the team knelt during the national anthem prior to their game in London against the Ravens in week four. In that letter, Lamping said the team didn't comprehend the issues that they may have caused by kneeling, especially since they stood for God save the queen. Ezekiel Elliott remains suspended. This after the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals denied the union's motion on a temporary restraining order on his six-game ban. Giants today reinstated cornerback Dominique Rogers-Cromartie after he violated team rules by leaving the team last week. And of course, tonight, it's the start of the NBA season. Quite a doubleheader. Rockets and Warriors play late while Chris Paul says that he will go despite knee and shoulder injuries. But it all starts with the Celtics and Cavs in Cleveland. LeBron James, a game-time decision because of an ankle injury, Doug. Um, do you think there's any chance LeBron doesn't play tonight? No, he's got to play. He 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 does. He does. Uh, I do think it's. I will say I think it's interesting that Kyrie's getting a tribute video after just six years. I, I'm six years is a long time. <laughs> I I think that's more of a. I think there's got to be. I think lucky number seven would be the number, especially considering that the early years weren't that awesome. Fair, right? fair. You're a pretty good player. Uh, okay, he's a pretty good player. Well, look, I'm fascinated by the NBA, and it's it's interesting. I was having this discussion yesterday. I was driving home, and I was having a, a, a discussion with a friend of mine who's a head coach in college, and he was telling me, he was giving me this woe is me about how he doesn't have, his big guys aren't very good. We got to find ways to get offense from our big guys because our big guys aren't very good. And I said, well, here's a thought, play small. And he's like, yeah, we should play, you know, he has a small forward. We'll play him at the four. I was like, no, 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 no. Play small. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, don't play the big guy. Why should somebody play if they're not good just because they're big? Right? And he's like, well, you know, you, you, we, we'd probably struggle to rebound. You might struggle to rebound. You absolutely might. On the other hand, there's also a very strong chance that uh, – you're only looking at the negatives. And by negatives, I don't mean negatives like slides or negatives like photos. You're only looking at the negative aspects of it. Look, if you play a small lineup against a team that's playing big, you may struggle on the defensive boards or even on the offensive boards, which limits the number of opportunities, possessions you get on offense and makes you play defense longer and at times foul more or give up more shots around the basket on defense. These are problems. On the other hand, if you look at the positives, you put another perimeter player or hybrid player out on the floor, you're more likely to shoot better, turn the ball over less. You can play multiple styles of defense. You can switch defensively. You can trap defensively. You can play zone and have interact interchangeable pieces. And so what I said to him is, hey, why would you only look at the negatives to it instead of looking at the positives or do a pro and con list? Because you know what? If you play big guys, you got a pro and con list there too. And the pros don't necessarily outmeasure the cons as opposed to, I think they do when you play small if you have the right lineup. I, I bring that up because... You're watch you're going you're watching a transformation in styles in the NBA. 
Um, it's we saw this, and music's not really old enough. Sorry, dude, you're just not. Bye. Are you forty yet? Yeah, just turned. Okay, happy. That's right. Happy birthday. Thanks. Be late. Um, but Bye, you're old enough to remember, like when I was in college. Oklahoma was the first team, and and Oklahoma was the same offense that Kentucky. Mike Leach was at Kentucky. Those were the first couple teams to run spread, right? They just were. There were occasionally there was Houston that ran um, the run and shoot. We saw it in the pros. We saw it some in college. University of Houston did it. That's when Andre Ware won the Heisman Trophy. But Nebraska was running the option forever. Big Ten teams just line up and try and mash you. SEC teams, same thing. And, and yeah. somewhere in the mid-2000s, the late 2000s, well, Oklahoma in 2000 won the national championship with their version of the spread offense. And then from there, it just kind of, I mean, really, it was, um, I, I kind of think it was Rich Rodriguez, remember, who was at Tulane. They went undefeated at Clemson, I believe, as offensive coordinator before that. Then he went to West Virginia and, uh, people started coming in and checking out what he was doing, and they copied his version of his version of the spread. So, I thought I think in the mid two thousands we saw a complete transformation in college football to where now, I mean, you can count on one hand teams that don't run the spread. It's just really whereas college football teams didn't used to throw it at all. Yeah, and spread is the general term as you mentioned. Oklahoma threw the ball and. West Virginia ran the ball. Right. And and so, you know, Oregon's spread, as we use air quotes, is different than what we see with air raid spread schools. Well, what, what yeah. Oregon brought to it, and Oklahoma did this as well, is they went to not just spread, but they rented tempo, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when you start with spread and what Mike Leach brought to the table, Mike Leach had these super wide splits, right? And they would n- almost never run the football and they would yeah. throw it right away, and it was very, very quick, get rid of the football. And the reason it worked at Oklahoma, people people forget this, was Oklahoma had really, really good athletes under John Blake. Really good athletes. And But uh, so, what they converted some running backs to wide receiver, and the whole idea was let's get it out to our athletes in space and let them make plays yards after the catch. A lot of bubble screens, shuffle passes, you know, five yards, ten yards from the line of scrimmage. Not a lot of deep stuff. And you're right. It was passing. Whereas Rich Rodriguez, they ran out of the spread. And then Oklahoma and Oregon, they brought the tempo to it, the up-tempo. And then you you go to what Baylor did, and all Baylor was basically running. Then they started the zone read. And the zone read is basically veer. There's a lot of veer techniques to it. Veer and triple option techniques to it. And we saw when Urban Meyer was at Utah, they ran triple option out of out of the spread with Alex Smith as their quarterback. And then he took that and he ran it with Tim Tebow as their quarterback. But the point is that we started to see this kind of transformation in college football styles to where nobody threw it. Everybody ran it. Um to where now everybody runs some version of the spread. We saw it in about the mid 2000s and it really started with Mike Leach and then kind of spread to and Rich Rodriguez, two different types of the same type of shotgun snapped offense. And then it kind of went from there. We're seeing that in the NBA. It started with the Golden State Warriors, with Draymond Green, and we'll see different versions of small ball. Not everybody will play small, just like not everybody runs the spread. USC doesn't run spread. 
machine doesn't run special traditional teams. You're not going to see the Pelicans play small. Why? They have, I mean, they, they'll play, I guess, kind of small with Anthony Davis at center, but they can also play big. You've seen the Spurs kind of line up and try and maul people with Pau Gasol, with LaMarcus Aldridge. But the idea behind it is simple. Uh, the positives outweigh the negatives. The officiating and the way the game's called now, if you look, it's part of its analytics, right? Like analytics, a good possession, a good style of basketball, you get over one point of possession, whereas in the NBA, post-ups are like .77 points per possession. It's too hard to score in low post because they can let you be physical. So you try and run spread out, spread out offenses with small ball so that you can get layups. You still get shots right at the rim. You just get them in layup form, which is easier and a much higher percentage to make. As well as when you put a young, a smaller players out in the floor, you get usually better ball movement, more assists, fewer turnovers, better overall shooting, better free throw shooting, and the positives outweigh the negatives. Clay Travis thinks Hugh Jackson regrets taking the Browns head coaching job. I'll tell you if I agree. Upcoming next. Here's the select quote difference. Most companies give you one option, one policy, one rate, but select quote gives you options, lots of options. I want you to give select quote a call at 800-881-4466 or go to selectquote.com today for a totally free personal quote. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. Mm -mm -mm. This is a queen version, right? Queen. It is the queen version. Late, great, uh, pretty mercury. And David Bowie. And David Bowie. Wait, that's David Bowie too? That's David Bowie. There you go. There you go. Freddie Mercury. Um, man, he needed braces. Oh, jeez. No, I'm just saying, like, incredible, but man, he needed braces. Nothing says British rock star like Freddie Mercury's teeth, but the late, great Freddie Mercury. What an incredible. Queen has some iconic, iconic, of course, Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, we will rock you. We are the champions. Uh, another one bites the dust. All right. Favorite Queen song? Ramos, go ahead. Uh, Killer Queen from 1975's Queen, Night nice. at the Opera. Um, my high, I went to Tustin High School. It's in Orange County, Southern California. And at pep rallies, whoever the, the, the varsity team, when they came out, they would turn off the lights, spotlight, and they'd come out to We Will Rock You. And I remember my first ever pep rally when I was like a football pep rally, and I was like, I want to be on varsity for basketball. <laughs> so bad. You, yeah. I was, I was so that like that made me want to like. As soon as everybody left, go get shots up in the gym. Every day this time, we play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio. We call it. And now, <laughs> what does the Fox say? Cleveland Browns stink. Hugh Jackson's their coach. Once upon a time, he was the offensive coordinator of the Bengals. Here's what Clay Travis had to say in regards to Hugh Jackson. Do you think Hugh Jackson would still take the Browns job if he got offered it tomorrow? If he knew that he was going to start 1-21, there's no way he takes this job, is there? Because eventually he would have gotten another NFL job. I mean, he, once you're in the mix to get an NFL job, you'll get another one. He definitely, if he can go back in time, says no to this job, right? There's no way even making whatever he's making, 4 or $5 million a year, and I don't know what his salary is. There's no way that the money that he's making is worth going 1-21, not to mention the difficulty that it puts on his chances to be another head coach. Even if people say, you know what, it's the Browns, how much better could anybody have done? Starting 1-21 in in your coaching career, it has to take years off your life. Uh, I would would agree. I mean, this is the Brett Brown, right? This is the the Brett Brown question. Now, Brett Brown, it was his first ever head coaching coaching job. 
and this is Hugh Jackson's second, although he was with the he was with the Raiders back when the Raiders simply could not win. So, um, I don't know. I mean, think about Brett Brown with the with the Philadelphia 76ers and his record. Think about this for a second. Brett Brown, in order to just get to 500, just get to 500 as a head coach, he was 19 and 63, 18 and 64, 10 and 72, 28 and 54. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. 75 and 53. And two, and excuse me, seventy five and two fifty three is his NBA uh, NBA coaching re- record. So he would have to go undefeated through what, like, two seasons in order to just get to five hundred as a coach. So do I think Hugh Hugh Jackson in the NFL would take that would, would would take the job again? I think if he gets two more years, the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. I think if he doesn't and he gets fired, the answer is no. The answer is no. That's simple. Because you would have been safe to just sit there with Cincinnati Bengals. You had A.J. Green. You had Andy Dalton. You had uh, Gio Bernard. You had their, this is before they had Joe Mixon, obviously. It's a couple years ago. And wait for the right thing to come around. But it's really, really hard. It's really hard to sit there and go, all right, there's 32 teams, and I've already coached on one. I'm an assistant on another, and that job – and I'm not going to be the head coach of the Cowboys. I'm not going to be head coach of this. You know, I'm not going to be the head coach of the Patriots. So there's like 10 possible opportunities and one becomes available. Like, and I can do it. And, and like everybody in their own minds, like, hey, that you, just like I said with small ball and basketball, you look at the positives and they outweigh the negatives. You're like, yeah, we don't have any talent, but at least I'll be able to create it the way I want to create it. More I think about it. Yeah, I think you do it again. I think you do it again. Because it's better to have failed. And and what's the hardest, what's the what's the thing that so many black coaches have already said that really, truly limits them from getting a head coaching job? Like, we want to hire somebody who's been a head coach. Right? Well, Hugh Jackson's been a head coach. And Hugh Jackson could be a head coach in college, just like Lovey Smith went down to the college level making a bunch of money in Illinois. And if he gets fired, he'll be able to go back to being an offensive coordinator. And he probably will get a third life. Because there will be, all it takes is one general manager, one president to go like, look, the Raiders were terrible, and it was one year. And uh, the Bang, the, the Browns, nobody's winning with the Browns. But I do think that it's one of those things that, it's like at least, Brett, I don't think Brett Brown to this point is a great coach. But we have no idea what level of coach he is until we see him with appropriate talent to which they're just now getting there. All right, Major League Baseball getting ready to start. Here's my thoughts on Yankee Stadium. I said this earlier. I'm not big on, uh, I'm not big on home field advantage because I've seen far too many road teams win in tough environments, and um, and I do think that sometimes, um, especially against a really good closer, home teams can get antsy and can feel the pressure of playing at home. I think it's different with the Yankees. I think Yankee Stadium is different. It's different. It's different because that ballpark is different. And I've I've heard people go like, "Well, hey, uh, yeah, that ballpark may be a bandbox, but both teams get to play in the same stadium." But yeah, if one team plays eighty-five games in a stadium and the other team plays five games in a stadium, 
And there's a prohibitive advantage to hitting the ball up in the air to right center field. Right? Like there's a there's a jet it's the short shorter porches and there's a jet stream to right field, to right center field. And if you're used to that, you're used to hitting those flares that end up going out. Pitchers pitch differently, hitters hit differently, and when you've done it more, you're able to draw on that experience and use it in big at bats. So you can tell me it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But stats would tell you that it absolutely does matter. Absolutely does matter. Um, Aaron Judge at home hits 312. On the road, he hits 256. <laughs> Aaron Judge played the same number of games home versus road. 33 home runs at home, 19 home runs on the road. So you can tell me it doesn't matter, but the stats would tell you, you, sir, are wrong. They clearly do matter. Uh, let's look at Gary Sanchez's Gary Sanchez's splits. Gary Sanchez at home hits 15 points higher. Um, his home and road home runs are roughly the same. So, anyway, I think it's fascinating to see. But I also think the ambiance of Yankee Stadium, the energy of Yankee Stadium is different for these players. Remember your first summer back home after your freshman year of college? That's what Kyrie Irving is going through. Tonight, next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Do, 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 do. You know, John Smoltz and uh, Joe Buck are calling the game on Fox Sports 1 today. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't think a ton of people who cover uh, who cover broadcasters. There's there's not a lot of guys who cover broadcasters who know what they're talking about. Like I've heard, I'll tell you this, Joe Buck is outstanding. Um, but John Smoltz is so good at what he does. And I understand you could say, and I know that um, what Verducci and Harold Reynolds did it for a year, I think, right? Uh, but before that, it was Tim McCarver. And like, Look, I kind of just think McCarver, it was like the Phil Simms syndrome. Two things that hurt him. One, he'd done it forever. And two, like he was just kind of a different era of baseball and a different era of broadcasting. And so, um, yeah, we've gotten to this we hate everybody sort of thing. But we're, we're also, we, we want to be told more, taught more, learn more. Like, TV is different, broadcast different. I, I cannot, as a guy who's called games, and I think I'm pretty good at calling games, um, Smoltz is so damn good. Like, I like to learn. It's weird how TV's changed. We we have a tendency to have this cynical look at all these channels and all this stuff on TV. There's some really good stuff on TV. Like, last night after, West Coast is so different from for me. Right, If I was East Coast... It would have been like midnight, everything's done. I'd be like, everybody's asleep. It's like nine o'clock and everybody's asleep in my house. My wife's, you know, reading stories um, on the internet. And she's trying to, she's like looking at West Elm. It's a website. It's a, like furniture. She's trying to need a, need a chair. I was like, really? Like, couldn't you just go into a store? Anyway. So I turn on the TV and. 
Like, I look, I got History Channel I can learn from. I got NFL Network has, even though they had post-game coverage, they'll also have those, uh, what are those NFL stories? What are those ones, ones called? Um, uh, football Life. Football Life. There's the Sam Mills Football Life. It's really good. I recorded that one. So there's a lot of different stuff out there to which you can learn. I love watching Smoltz because I learn about baseball. There's so much going on that you don't. Like, I was watching the other night, like, oh, um, he wants a quick step, and he wants a fastball outside. Like, all the guy did was a 3-1. How do you know what the signals are? If I don't this is how good he is. Or maybe there's, like, a code there that we're not being taught. How, do, how does a guy in the booth know what the signals are? Ron Darling's the same way. How do they know? Have you watched that before, Ramos? They're sitting there yeah. like, well, he wants a quick step. Right. It, was, uh, it was Ron Darling. He's calling the game of Brian Anderson. He wants a quick step, and he wants a fastball outside. Like, all he Dave showed was a three and a one. How do you know what the numbers mean? I don't think that there's that much barrier, wide range of things for calling games in baseball. Do you? I mean, I'm sure they all know roughly what numbers mean. They can kind of guess. I don't no. think there's a big array. No, I think the pitchers and the catchers know more than everybody else. Oh, I think they know more, but I think that that he could probably look at something like that and have a a good educated guess about roughly what's going to happen. Well, I, I don't understand. Like, Romo's getting credit for calling plays out, which he's been mostly right, but whatever. But uh, I haven't seen anybody say, like, hey, Smoltz and these guys and Darling, they tell you what pitch is coming. And they'll go, then they'll, the catcher will come up to the pitcher and he'll change the signals, and they still know what pitch is coming. Like, wait, what? How do you guys know? <laughs> anyway, that was just my two minutes on John Smoltz is awesome. Where we can say that TV is not as good as it used to be. Back in my day, we had uh, Mel Ballantyne. Baseball. Mel Allen. Baseball and Ballantyne. This week in baseball. You remember this week in baseball? There you go. This week in baseball. That's This is back 20s music. No, like in the 1980s. <laughs> in the 1980s, on a Saturday morning, you get up and there would be cartoons. Right? And then after cartoons... You'd have Mel Allen this week in baseball. And then it would lead to the baseball game of the week. And you'd usually go out to like Bush Stadium, St. Louis Cardinals, and they played on old school AstroTurf. And they'd have a, a temperature gauge. And the AstroTurf was like 180 degrees. Meanwhile, it was like 90 in the stands. And people were just like sweltering. This Cardinal game brought to you by the good folks at Budweiser, who encourage you to drink as much as possible so that this game goes quicker than it really does. Um, so we have two baseball games and then we have two NBA games. And while I'm not going to geek out and go crazy about the NBA regular season, I am fired up about tonight. One basketball is back. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. There'll be very few nights the rest of the year in which there won't be a basketball game of some form or fashion, college or pro on your television set. And that's awesome. NBA has extended their season by about a week. There's more days off, less back to backs. Should be a slightly better product. But the big drama and the big story tonight is Kyrie Irving coming back to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers, whom he's just traded for. I thought this was interesting. Take a listen to LeBron James talking about Kyrie Irving on the jump. At the end of the day, uh, the kid did what he wanted to do, that was his destiny. And, uh, you know, for me, I can't 
It's too hard for me because I give all my energy to what's around me, you know, to try to focus on something else. So he said, the kid. Take a listen to what Kyrie Irving said when he was asked if he could pinpoint one thing that led him to want to be traded. I don't want to pinpoint anything. I will never pinpoint anything because that's not what real grown-ups do. Um, They continue to move on with their life and continue to progress, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. Kid, child, youngster, little one, baby, toddler, tot, infant, minor, juvenile, adolescent, teenager, youth, stripling, right? Are these terms to which, and even if you mean them in a non-off-putting way, and I call everybody kid, and if it's LeBron James trying to make himself feel like he's, he's the veteran, he's the parent, he's the godfather, by calling a player a kid, you're saying he's a youngster, he's an adolescent, he lacks maturity. And Kyrie Irving is sitting there going like, hey, I'm going to handle this like a grown-up, like a man, the man that I am. And therein lies the rub. LeBron wants to treat everybody like he's the dad and you're his kid. And Kyrie Irving's like, you ain't my daddy. Right? Yes, music. Well, to what you were saying, if you're LeBron, don't don't you are you not allowed to say like, oh, well, I just loosely use the word kid because he's also been very harsh on people like Phil Jackson, for example, for saying the word like posse. So he likes to parse other people's words, but then he's going to be like, oh, well, you can't just, you know, I like to call everybody kid. Right. Of course, because that's who LeBron is. He It's the... Um... Passive-aggressive LeBron, right? Passive-aggressive LeBron. I call everybody kid. Yeah, but you called him a kid and it clearly pisses him off. You know? It's like when you call somebody their full name and they're like, please, it's Stan, and you keep calling him Stanley. He's like, hey, do me a favor, don't call me Stanley. I just, I don't dig it. Okay, Stanley. Got it, Stanley. It's like when uh, Jim, uh, Jim Rome called... Uh, was it Jim Everett, Chris Everett? He was like, don't call me Chris Everett again. Don't call me Chris Everett again. And he called him Chris Everett. So I, 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 some of this feels like Kyrie Irving coming back and opening the, opening a can of beer T- tonight, coming back to the Cavs, playing with uh, the Celtics. And look, I, I also think that he's playing for a good organization. He's playing with other good players. And, and anyone who says this is selfish and him wanting to be the, the guy, I mean, he's going to play for Brad Stevens, who's simply going to try and create opportunities for all of his guys. And Brad may not appear to have an ego, but everybody does, in fact, have an ego. To me, this is like Kyrie Irving coming back with his own team Using saying I'm a man, LeBron saying he's a kid is he's coming back with his first first summer back at home since being in college. He went to the store, bought himself a six pack, and his dad sits down to watch the first game. He's like, "Hey, dad, you want a beer?" And dad's like, "Nah, no thanks." And he goes, "Okay, what are you doing there, son? I'm drinking a beer. Don't call me son. I'm a man, dad." Right? That's what he's doing. Former Redskins general manager Scott McLuhan is going to join the show upcoming next. I'll ask him about 
all the conversation of things going on in his life, what that was like to be a part of, right? Like, here's a guy who's who's uh, publicly fought through his demons, then to have the current skins uh, brass talk about him and and lead people to believe something was going on which doesn't appear to have been going on. Plus, I got to ask him about Kirk Cousins. Why haven't they signed him to a long-term deal? I think we know the answer, but I'd love to hear from Scott McLuhan. That upcoming next, but first, are you in need of some great talent for your business but short on time? Well, you don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find the perfect hire. You just need the right tools, smarter tools. The smarter tools are found on ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards just one click. So you can rest easy knowing that your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter puts its matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you receive the best possible matches. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within just one day. And with the easy-to-use ZipRecruiter dashboard, it lets you manage your hiring process from start to finish all in one place. ZipRecruiter is, in fact, the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified candidates with immediate results. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug for free, free postings. My listeners can post for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, Scott McLuhan's the former general manager of the Redskins. For that, he was uh, uh, general manager with the San Francisco 49ers. He owns his own private scouting business called Instinctive Scouting. And it's a great resource to have joining us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show. We're getting ready for Major League Baseball. Uh, actually, uh, the Yankees and Astros are underway. We'll get you an update on that in uh, just just about 10 minutes. Plus, tonight we have Cubs-Dodgers from Wrigley Field as the Cubs try and make a series of it. That'll be game three. And then um, tonight we also have NBA basketball. But the NFL season continues to roll on. And the Redskins are just kind of an interesting team, right? Like, I don't know, he still feels like, what's the story with Kirk Cousins? Put up decent numbers, haven't signed to a long-term deal, been franchise tagged the last two years. Who would know better than Scott McLuhan? He joins us. Scott, I got a bunch of things I want to get to you with, but... Um, like, look, we've, we, we, I heard Bruce Allen and, you know, he called him Kurt and I don't think that was a great, great look at the time, but it just does jump out at the rest of us to which you're like, all right, you got a quarterback. They're really hard to find. How come this relationship is not one to which there's a long-term deal that he's the long-term solution? You know what? It, it, it's a unique situation. You know, cause when I first got there, of course, you know, Robert had his great rookie year, you know, offense player of the year, rookie of the year. Um, you know, he was the first-round pick. Of course, they traded up for him. And then with Kirk, you know, he was a fourth-round pick. You know, and I got to ask my first press conference, who's the quarterback? I said, I don't know. I said, I, I watched all the tape. But I got to see him in person. You know, I got to see him in OTAs and mini camp, you know, training camp and all that. And it, it, was, it was a slam dunk. And, Jay and I were on the same board pretty quick um, because, you know, he'd been there and he'd seen both the good and bad. And nothing against Robert. He, he, he competed hard. You know, he had he had his great rookie year and he got hurt. And I think that really affected him. But 
it was just different opinions in the building about, you know, it wasn't about who the starter's going to be, but about doing a long-term deal at that point. And, you know, I, I was on board for it. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for Jay. He can speak for himself. But there's people in the building that's, that, like, no. You know, they still believe in Robert, which I respect because they saw that, that rookie year. But, uh, you know, it came to a situation now where it's just like, wow. You know, because Kirk's a very loyal guy. He's, he's a very intelligent guy. Um, his agent's very intelligent, too. He knows the situation they're in. Um, but it, it, it's a tough spot for him. You know, he's going to play hard. He's going to play well. Um, you know, he's, he's he, first time ever for a quarterback to be tagged two years in a row. Yeah. yeah first if you do it three years in a row, that's, that's over $70 million. Over $70 million guaranteed, which is probably yeah. what he would have, a little, bit, a little bit more than he would have gotten had they signed him originally. Correct. Uh, but, but, but who knows how, you know, I, but he seems to be a hardworking guy, so he may have lived up to, I, I don't know. Um, here's what I kind of liken it to, and, like, look, I, I, I know you've been in places to which, you know, like in San Francisco, you went from being VP of personnel to being general manager. I don't know if this is the same, but like, had you come up from the mailroom to being general manager, right? Where people still remember you. I liken it to, uh, what is it, the movie Goodfellas, right? Remember where um, uh, Billy, Billy Bats was like, a, a, turned to Joe Pesci's character, is like, hey, you got your shine box, right? Like, they remember you from when you were the fourth round pick. And you're still the fourth round pick, and you hold it against not just the rest of the league. You hold it against the Niners that they treat you sometimes like you're the fourth round pick, and they don't even mean to mean for it to be like a negative. But you were in fact a fourth round pick, and I think some of that is what what's led to this dysfunctional relationship. Ain't that fair? Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. You know, and like I said, Kirk's a really good guy, and he shows up every day. He works his tail off. He's all about ball. Um, I really respect that. But, yeah, yeah, you know, when I got there, there were some hurt feelings. I, I, I can tell you that for sure. Um, but still, he showed up every day and did his job. And, and him and Robert had a fine relationship. But Robert was the, the you know, the superstar. Robert was the one that's going to take us there where we go. And when I got there, I didn't see it. You know, and that's why we made, you know, Kirk the starter. And I think it's proven out it was a smart move. Again, nothing against Robert. I, I understand the injury. I understand, you know, he's, he's on the street right now. But Kirk's a good football player, and he fits Jay's system, you know, Jay Gruden's system. And then that's huge because it's, it's, it's a pass-oriented system that you need a smart guy to understand what the defense is doing. And Kirk has that, and Kirk's proven it. You know, what he's done the last two years when I was there and what he's doing this year is that he, he, he puts up good numbers, and he gives the ball to the right guy at the right time. And that, that's not going to change. It's, it's just the whole package. You know, I've been in this league a long time, and just to see the situation he's in, how much leverage he has is incredible. Yeah, it really does, just because there's, there's, you know, there's like 15 guys on earth that can play quarterback, and he's, he's one of them. And I think it also helps him that his, you know, one, of his, one of the guys who really believes in him is now the head coach and has a lot of sway in San Francisco, where he used to be. You know, see, you need people that not only believe in you but have worked with you before, and he's starting to have that as well as uh, a history of success. And he stayed healthy, too. So all these things kind of work in his favor. Scott McLuhan joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on uh, on Fox Sports Radio. Let me ask you about about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Mike McCarthy got really defensive when people asked him about Kaepernick. I thought, yeah, why wouldn't you call Romo? But he's like, look, we have a we have a plan in place. We have guys that have been here for a couple of years. Um, how long do you think 
he allows that to play out, but play out before he considers bringing in somebody from outside? Well, I think, you know, I know Mike very well. You know, he was my first year in San Fran. He was the OC, and I, I was with him in Green Bay when I was there. Um, he he is very loyal and trustworthy, and he's a really good quarterback coach. And if he says something, even if he doesn't mean it, he's going to believe it, and the, and the players are going to believe it. You know, with Hundley, he believes it. That's why he said it. If not, he's going to fight his tail off to make sure it's right, it's accurate. You know, it's it's they have a good team. You know, of course, losing your best player for any team is awful, especially when it's a quarterback. But he will do everything in his power to make sure Hundley's successful, and he knows how to put him in situation because he's been around him now for a couple of years. So he knows what he can and can't do. And and Mike does a great job, you know, of scheming and putting guys in positions to be successful. Now, it's not just the quarterback. It's it's the 10 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense, 11 guys on special teams. They have to play, you know, and they, they have to step up because you lost your guy. You lost your leader. You lost your best player. But I don't I don't doubt him at all. I don't, I, you know, and unless it goes south, which I don't think it will, because, like I said, he knows him well now, very well, that he'll find a way to make him successful. Scott McLuhan joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, I look at Dallas and I think, boy, this is, you don't know if you're going to have Zeke. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Dak and, you know, all things. He's only still only his second year starting and the schedule's more difficult. The line's a little bit different. People are starting to adjust to what they do. I'm not sure Dez is as good as he used to be. I know Jason Witten's an all-timer, but he's an old-timer who's an all-timer. Like, I just, I don't love where this is going with the Cowboys. Am I missing it? No, no, I think you got it right. You know, Dak, you know, had, of course, him and Zeke had a great rookie years and, and power to them. But it's, it, you're, you're right. You know, Witten's older. Dez is not the same guy. Um, the old Lions not playing the way they played last year. You know, so you, you, you throw it all together, it's, something's not hitting right. You know, and maybe they believed all their, you know, press clippings and all that, that they were going to be a Super Bowl team this year and that. You know, but this, as you're well aware, this year this league has been very unique. You know, wins and losses, teams going on the road and winning against better teams and supposedly better teams. Um, it, it's very interesting. But what I've seen from the Cowboys, and I haven't sat and studied and studied them, but I've watched enough to kind of get a feel for them because I know them. You know, being the Redskins for the last two years, they're not playing to the, 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 the caliber but everybody thought they were going to be playing to. You know, and that's tough. For, you know, rookie quarterback, boom, hits it, does well, boom, comes back the second year, you get that sophomore slump, and it, it's, it's not easy. And coordinators, D coordinators can figure it out with an offseason of watching tape on him, how can we attack him? How can we put him in a tough situation where he can't be the same player he was as a rookie? And they figure it out quick. They're, they're you know, they're really intelligent guys. When you were first in Seattle, um, I believe, like, when you you first got there, that was when Walter Jones was there, right? Like, the very first time you were in Seattle. And, of course, you know, you, then you came back and you're part of the group. You guys drafted Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman and so many of the stars they have now. It feels like this is a team that the defense is still pretty good, maybe not as good as it used to be, but the offensive line is just never going to allow. They've started slow in the past, but this offensive line just doesn't seem it's, it's going to allow it to – uh, ever live up to whatever expectations people have? Can, can that be fixed um, while the season? Because I, I think 
fixing the Patriots' pass rush, fixing the Patriots' defensive backfield, fixing the Seahawks' offensive line. Can the Seahawks' offensive line be fixed in season? No, no. You know, and the thing about it, and, 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 you know, congratulations to John Snyder and Pete Carroll drafting so well when I was there. They, got, they, had, they had too many good players at the wrong time from the standpoint of contracts. So you invest with the highest-paid secondary in the NFL. But they're leaders, Cam Chancellor, you know, Earl Thomas, you know, Richard Sherman. They're the backbone of the defense, no matter what, and probably the team. You know, so all of a sudden you start losing out because of the contracts, the money and the cap. You start losing out on other players that you think are solid or good, like a J.R. Sweezy. You know, okay, he wants to make, you know, $3.5 million, you know, a year for the next four. Well, now you're investing in the leaders that you believe that you have, and you lose out on those guys. And that's what's it's so tough. It's a great thing from the standpoint of, you know, going to back-to-back Super Bowls, winning one, losing one, whatever. But it's the idea that you can't invest in everybody. So when you have that many good players lined up, Teams come running. I remember I was in Green Bay. You know, we went back-to-back Super Bowls, and they were signing our backups to million-dollar deals at that time. You know, and that's the mid to late '90s. And it's just like, what are you guys doing? But they see success in teams. You know, force the issue and say, listen, boy, they, they won 13 games this, this year. You know, he's a starter. I'm sorry. You know, and so it, it, it's it, it's a win and lose no matter what. And you got to pick which one's better. Are you going to you going to stick with the uh, DBs? Or are you going to stick with the over line? And what, what, the the, the, the over line is so important. Well, hey, hold hold so on. Important. What's most important? What kind of dog is that? <laughs> it's a rat terrier. <laughs> it's always the little ones that bark the loudest, right? Like it's, the big like the big ones don't do anything. The little ones the little ones do all the barking. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people want to know how are you? Like how's your your personal life has been discussed? No, well, nobody. It's weird how it works. And I, I don't know how appropriate it was that it was discussed, probably was inappropriate, how much it was discussed a couple of different times in your career. How are you personally? Excellent. Excellent. You know, and people can talk where they want to talk. I know who I am and what I am. You know what? I, I, I got my scouting service started again. You know, I'm, I'm rocking and rolling. I got teams involved. I'm like a consultant for some NFL teams. I do a lot of work for agents, just evaluating players and I'm back in Colorado where I grew up with my wife and the children and Things are real, real, really good. All right, last thing. We got all these college quarterbacks everybody's talking about. Josh Allen over at uh, at Wyoming. Some people think he's got the best skill set. I've heard t- people say, look at that completion percentage. Don't love it. You got Darnold. Uh, he struggled some here in his second year starting. Rosen just threw three picks. Uh, Falk just threw, what, five picks for Washington State. You got to pick one quarterback to lead your franchise. Scott, who's it going to be? Baker Mayfield. Really? Kind of up and down again. He wasn't great against Texas. Like, he was great against Ohio State. Wasn't great this last week. What about Baker Mayfield do you like? He reminds me of a shorter version of Brett Favre. Yeah, that kind of arm? Tough guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, He can throw it. Hmm. He's he's very confident. He's not afraid whatsoever. Whatsoever. You know, he's he's a battler. You know, and I I know saying Brett Favre is a big name, and I was around him for a while, but he's – this guy's got talent. They, they, they all, every guy you mentioned has talent. Yeah, I, I, I've already said, I think three guys go in the top ten. I think five go in the top in the first round. Hmm. Fast days. At least five. Scott, we appreciate yeah. you joining us. We'll touch base again. And uh, uh, it's instinctive scouting is your scouting service. Thanks again for spending some time with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you, Doug. Very
very much. All right, pleasure is mine. Scott McLuhan, fascinating stuff, plus a rat terrier. I, I just, I, I can never get my uh, the idea that I would ever own a dog who uh, the breed is some any kind of rat. I know it's not <laughs> a rat, just the idea of rat. My brother used to like the band Rat, right? Two T's, Rat. Uh, what was their big song? What was Rat's big song? Round and round. Round, round and round. round. Yeah. Round and round. Let's, uh, look, uh, Byer, you grew up in Wisconsin. Oh. There's no chance you don't know about Rat. <laughs> no, zero chance you don't know about oh, Rat. Oh, not only do I know about Rat, yeah. I know um, what, uh, Wanted Man is actually my favorite song by Rat, which was the follow-up single, I believe. Wanted Man. Yes. <laughs> to uh to round and round and uh lack of communication i think is another song of theirs uh um, wanted man round and round 1984 wanted man they're they're actually yeah. on the same album yes of course the out of the cellar album yep. had milton nice. burl in the video of round and round as well Very yeah nice. i know a lot about i'll tell you what Mid, you know, dude midwest midwest dude i'm uh, so i went to my first school obviously notre dame was in the midwest and like the whole midwest thing is like everybody knows 80s like metal, what is it? Eighties hair metal, hair yep. hair yep. metal, right? Oh yes. And uh, we used to go to CJ's. Um, I think it was CJ's in uh, South Bend. Get a haircut and have a burger and a beer while like listening to eighties hair metal. It was like the most Midwestern <laughs> thing ever. You know what I love is when I moved to LA twelve years ago, trying to find classic rock stations. And it was just like, oh, here's a classic rock station. But in the Midwest, you've got like five different options. Classic no, and rock they're all and, good. Yeah, yes, all absolutely. Good. Like when I was when I was in Oklahoma, we our cluster when I was in uh, Oklahoma City at, at the Sports Animal, uh, we had uh, was the Cat, and the Cat is like the most successful station in the history of Oklahoma. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, right now in baseball, top of the second inning, Astros and Yankees scoreless in game four. Of course, Astros are up 2-1. You can see it right now on Fox Sports 1. Dodgers and Cubs going to be getting underway in Chicago. 9 o'clock Eastern time start tonight with the Dodgers up 2-0. Hugh Darvish is on the hill against Kyle Hendricks. Doug, there's some interesting back and forth going on now in the National Football League. Earlier today, there was a meeting featuring the NFL Players Union and current players to talk about uh, a lot of issues. Malcolm Jenkins of the Eagles was in attendance, and he mentioned one of the things they really didn't talk a lot about. Very little of the meeting was, was about the actual anthem. Uh, we were really more talking about solutions and how we get uh, the results that we want to get. Okay, so Malcolm Jenkins says they didn't really talk about changing the anthem policy with the National Football League. But there is a report. Jenkins actually told reporters that he invited Colin Kaepernick to the meeting. Well, Kaepernick's attorney released a statement saying that Kaepernick was not invited to the meeting by anybody from the NFL or team executives from the NFL. Said nothing about the players, but there could be the possibility of Colin Kaepernick meeting the next time all sides meet. There's that. Tonight, the NBA cast for LeBron James remains a game-time decision for their opener against the Celtics. Chris Paul says he's going to play for the Rockets tonight against the Warriors despite knee and shoulder issues, and it's already started. The Spurs officially ruling Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker out for tomorrow's opener against the Minnesota Well, Tony Parker, I mean, he, he he had a ruptured quad tendon, right? Yeah. So, like, he that one's legitimate. And, and uh, Kawhi Leonard hasn't played at all in the preseason. Correct. So those are legitimate. LeBron's playing tonight. LeBron is he is he is playing today. Uh yeah, I don't I I don't yeah, I don't believe he wouldn't play tonight. Is he he's not playing? No. It says he might be missing tonight, but he's gonna play tonight. There is no way. Yeah, there there's absolutely you can't in Cleveland the chalk, yeah, with Kyrie there. Yeah, absolutely. He's gotta be there. 
Like he wouldn't like he wouldn't be there for the spotlight of this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carlos Beltran a double. Carlos Bell, the ageless Carlos Beltran, who of course is a he's a former Yankee, isn't he? A former Yankee, a former Met. Yes. Can you name all the without looking? Can you name the the Carlos Beltran teams? I know. Uh, well, Astros second time around, Royals. Cardinals. Remember last time he was traded to the last time he was traded to the Astros, right midseason. He was yeah. unbelievable in the playoffs. Yes, I I know. Uh, Royals and Cardinals have got to be in there. Royals was his first team. Yep, that was his first team. So uh, is that where you're going? With? Yeah, that's what I'm going with. So wait, what are the teams? Uh, Astros, Royals, Cardinals, Mets, Astros again. I think you got them all. Yankees, you mentioned. Yeah, I think you got. Well, you, you kind of th- you kind of you kind of threw in Yankees there at the end. No, but you mentioned it already. You already said oh, that he was oh, a former okay. Yankee. You know, that's, so. that's, that's fine. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't want to. I was like, wait, we we did. We I, sometimes I say things and I forget even in my own head. <laughs> but did I say that aloud or was that my my inner monologue? He was with the Royals and then remember traded midseason to the Astros, mm-hmm. um, where uh, where he had twenty three home runs in ninety games. This is back in two thousand and four. Then he played six season with the Metropolitans, uh, six and a half. San Francisco Giants was Ooh, the one you missed. Oh, okay. 2011 traded midseason to San Francisco Giants in a contract year. Um, and then he went to St. Louis, then to the Yankees. And the Yankees, he went, you're missing one other team. Oh, I, I don't. Who was he with last year? Gosh. Traded two from the Yankees. Remember, last year at the end of the year, the Yankees yeah. traded away or got rid of Alex Rodriguez. They told to retire. Yes. So they traded away most of their bullpen with the exception of Dylan Batances. <laughs> and they traded away yeah. Carlos Beltran. Do you remember who they No. Tra- Texas Rangers. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have come up with that. So he's played for Royals, Astros twice, Mets, Giants. Um, he's played for the Cards, the Yankees, the Rangers. That's uh, seven teams. And career 279 hitter with 435 home runs. Is he a Hall of Famer? I'm going to go with no, but a really good player. He's one of those, if it's the Hall of really good, he's really good. He's creeping up on 3,000 hits. He's at 2,700 and change, but I'm going to say probably not. By NFL standards, he'd be a surefire Hall of Famer. Well, honestly, by Major League Baseball, like, I'm sorry, like, was he? Is he? He's been a better player at times than Biggio was. You know, he's also rookie of the year. Going back to his first year, um, forty years old. This year, he only hit two thirty-one. Father time seemed to catch up on him. Catch up with him. All right, we got Dodgers Cubs tonight. That should be fantastic on TBS. Scores right now: Astros Yankees underway. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. One Major League Baseball team looks a little desperate. I'll tell you who next. What we're going to do right here is go back. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Back into time. You ain't getting that interview. Just check this out. Well, let's bring in Cam Jordan of the uh, the New Orleans Saints. Cam, I need a mea culpa. It's a formal apology from me to you. I thought you guys were bad. So will you accept my mea culpa? Nope. Don't okay. want it. Throw it away. <laughs> Cam Jordan. We take, I mean, we take, we take it all as, as motivation. At the end of the day, it's about how we can prove people wrong, how we can step to the field and, and play the way we do. Right, that's Cam Jordan joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car. Enjoy more confident car buying 
experience. The Press. Now is a fantastic time to buy a new Honda. Visit shophonda.com or you visit your local Honda dealer today. Let's welcome in Dan Beyer, who's been rocking out to Rat, (laughs) White Snake. Right, right. Uh, Queens sister, Queens Reich. Nice. We could we can we could span all the eighties right into the uh, early nineties as well. Hey, let's talk some baseball. End of two Astros and Yankees scoreless. Of course, the Astros are up two one in the series. You could see the game on Fox Sports One. But a little bit later tonight, Doug, Cubs and Dodgers, and we see some shaking of the lineups. Yes, the Cubs putting Javi Baez on the bench tonight for game three. That means Ben Zobris plays second base. He'll lead off as usual with Kyle Schwarber batting second behind Zobris. Andre Ethier in the lineup tonight for the Dodgers, putting the lefty against the righty Kyle Hendricks. He'll bat fifth and play left field for L.A. Chris Taylor, man, shortstop tonight. Yes, please. Uh, I would guess that, I mean, part of it is, you know, Zobrist, who uh, Zobrist has been hitting a little bit better, but I'm sure he probably has, does he have better numbers against you, Darvish? Is that a possibility there? That could very well be a possibility. You know, sometimes, also... sometimes it's about it's about the pitcher more than anything else, as well as the fact that, uh, you know, does Zobrist hit better at home? Although Zobrist this year at home only 267 with five home runs at, at Wrigley Field. I mean, I think the big question is, what does he do against you, Darvish? But you know, uh, like Joe Madden's issue hasn't necessarily just been juggling the lineup. It's been juggling that bullpen. And we'll see how much he has to use that bullpen because uh, he gets Hendricks tonight, who, of course, has been his best pitcher all year. And Javi Baez good 0 for 19 so far in this postseason. That is a, he's that got a blue, blue, blue Tarski, right? He's got a little blue, blue Tarski going. <laughs> now, music, when I say Blue Tarski, do you know what that's from? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, nope. Nothing? No, it doesn't sound familiar at all. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. What's it from? Should I tell them, guys, or just should I let them just think No, about go it? ahead. Tell them, Doug. Uh, it's from Animal House. Bluto was um, Belushi's character, John Belushi's character. That's a fact. Right? And uh, uh, the, the was the, the, the uh, not the uh, principal, the, uh, the, dean. the dean comes in, Dean Wormer comes in. And says you a zero point zero. Uh, and and then what was the other quote? Can you remember Ramos? What was what? What did he say? What? Well, there's no way to go through life. Do you remember? Zero. Ramos, do you remember? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. I'm looking for <laughs> to the system, looking for things. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, do you? Do I don't you, remember. You don't remember? No. Yeah. See, I've seen Animal House plenty zero. of times. I just don't. You don't remember, remember Blutarski? I, yeah, just not. That's not the quote that sticks out in my mind. Lazy, fat, and stupid is no way to go go, go through life, son. <laughs> right? Lazy, fat, and stupid. All right. Do you anyway. re- no. Do you remember the scene where he got a massage from his sister? Was that it? <laughs> just, just kidding. Just going back. Just tying music up the whole show. Bridge. Just yes. Tying if up. you just joined us, Ryan Music get, got a massage from his sister, who, just for the record, is a licensed massage therapist. Yes. So that doesn't make it weird. No, not at all. Uh, Cavs for LeBron James. Game time decision for tonight's opener Yay. against the Celtics. Let's combo this. Chris Paul says he's going to play for the Rockets. No Andre Iguodala tonight for the Warriors as those two teams play out West. I love there's no Andre Iguodala, and yet he signed a big contract to remain with the Warriors, right? Like, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, but it kind of should matter. 
course, remember last year the Warriors blown out by the Spurs in the opener. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, these games don't matter. No, doesn't matter. Uh, how about this? The Oklahoma City Thunder have assigned jersey number 35. 35. Yeah, it's a P- do you want to take care of the rest? Or no, I'm sorry. I saw it today on Twitter. I thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty funny trolling. P.J. Dozier, uh, he gets the uh, number, the first Buyer. player to wear it for the Thunder since P.J. Dozier signed a two-way contract, meaning he'll go down to the D-League. Like, dude, they give – it's one thing to give away 35, but, you know, hasn't been retired. It's another thing to give it away to P.J. Dozier. Hey, yeah. Come on. Dozier is uh, his second cousin was Reggie Lewis, so that's why he wants to wear number thirty-five to honor his late the late uh, Reggie Lewis. Yes. That's a Boston Celtic all-star who died uh, of a heart condition. Moving on to the NFL, the Green Bay Packers have signed a quarterback, guys, and it is quarterback Gerard Evans signing to their practice squad. He's out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, there will be no Colin Kaepernick in the green and gold. Green Bay filling that spot on their practice squad with Gerard Evans. I think it's pretty funny that that like Mike McCarthy got all mad about anybody talking about them signing quarterbacks, and then they go and sign a quarterback. Like that's <laughs> it's kind of a legitimate question, Mike. Yes. Yeah, the attorney for Colin Kaepernick, by the way, says his client wasn't asked to attend today's meetings in New York between the NFL and the players and the players' union. He's now, not a player. Well, you have to be playing in the NFL to be a player in the NFL. Last time I checked. This is the issue, though. The players, Malcolm Jenkins, came out and said that they invited Colin Kaepernick. Well, Kaepernick's attorney, Mark Garagus, then releases a statement saying that no one from the NFL or team executives invited Kaepernick to the meeting, but said nothing about his invitation from the players. So it almost seems like a, well, if they're not going to invite me, even though these people invited me, I'm still not going to go. Yeah, that's like that's like if somebody goes like, hey, we're going over to Jimmy's house for a party. Why didn't Jimmy invite me? He's like, he said it was okay whoever came over. And I'm just one of those persons that want, I'll come over anytime. Anything else? <laughs> I, I do have some more stuff, Bill Belichick. Go, uh, Jaguars President Mark <laughs> Lamping apologized to the city's director of military affairs after the team knelt during the national anthem prior to their game in London earlier this season. I think it is different when you're playing overseas in terms of kneeling for the national anthem. I get it. It's our, it's it's you know our, our problem, um, and you know you want to make people abroad aware of it, but it, it's different. It's one of the reasons the Dixie Chicks caught such heat for what they said about. Uh, former President Bush. It's one thing to do it within the contiguous 50 states, uh, but it's a whole other thing to do it when you're playing a game overseas. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Terrell Davis, Hall of Famer from the Denver Broncos, to join us. Justin Wilcox, head coach of the Cal Bears, to turn the uh, Wazoo uh, Cougars over seven times, will join us. And Daniel Jeremiah will join us. We'll talk to him about his quarterback board and whether or not he thinks the Packers are dead in the water. Uh, should be great to watch to watch the NBA tonight. And I just, I love the idea that the NBA, small ball, big ball, whatever, put your best players on the floor. And that's kind of what small ball really is. Instead of putting a big stiff on the floor, put your five best players out there. Or four if it's Hoosiers. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.